But let's, let's just pray before we actually dig in. Father, the title tonight is Power in Your Presence. And I just want to thank you because that is true. And I want to thank you for your presence here right now. And I want to thank you, Lord, that right here, right now, there is power to set us free from whatever is causing us fear or anguish. And so I pray tonight, Lord, that, that we, each one of us, would walk out of here changed simply by being in your presence. Lord, speak through my words, I pray. Speak through the words of scripture that we're going to read. And we welcome your presence here with us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So tonight, really, um, the, the sort of message that I've got is really my testimony from the last couple of weeks. And um, in one way, it's quite a costly testimony to share. <clears throat> and um, some of you might be quite surprised by what I'm going to say. But I'm sharing it because I really hope it's going to be an encouragement. And so my question is, do... Do you ever feel, do some of you feel that there might be an area in your life which is a struggle? Something that perhaps is a bit of a persistent struggle. Something that, that you long for breakthrough in, but it, it seems to elude you. So you almost kind of are on the point of giving up sometimes. If that's just me, then I'm sorry, this will be irrelevant. <laughs> but I think that it's true for a lot of us that we do have certain areas in our lives that we, we do long for breakthrough, something that we might describe as Achilles' heel, something that causes us to trip up on a regular basis. And possibly even something that actually we're ashamed to admit because we feel like we should be doing better. And that was me. I mean, I've been a Christian for, I worked it out this week actually, I've been a Christian for 38 years. And so that little voice in my head goes, oh, you shouldn't be struggling. <laughs> Not that, you know, not that I should be superwoman, but actually it's the enemy that comes at us with all this condemnation. So, so this is my story. And for as long as I can remember, the thing I struggle with more than anything is fear of sickness, fear of illness. And I don't just mean I get afraid when I get sick, you know, when, I, when there's something actually wrong. What I mean is that the slightest twinge can send me into a downward spiral. So I, it sounds ridiculous, and you might laugh, but a headache can become a brain tumour in about three hours. Indigestion could become a heart attack. It's kind of on that level. And you name any serious illness, in my head I've had it <laughs> at various times. And, um, and those fears, as soon as I kind of gave in to them, they just took root. And that's the kind of fear that can become utterly convincing and all-consuming. And, and the, my problem with it is this, this started, I've got memories of being like this when I was about five, five or six or seven. This goes back a long, long way. And there have been, obviously, there have been periods in my life where it's been quite manageable, but it's one of those areas where I've 
I would honestly say to you, I've, I'd never had full-on breakthrough. And, and it's been a problem for five decades. So if you'd asked me, I would have said, yeah, hypochondriac, that is me. And it wasn't because I hadn't brought it to the Lord. Of course I brought it to the Lord. And I've had lots of prayer ministry over the years. And, and I've dealt with, there were some huge generational roots. I can, I mean, I, it, I can see it looking back. I could see it in, um, in my, my grandmother. I could see it in, um, well, both my parents, actually. It, and I've dealt with those drunkards. I've dealt with the generational stuff. And I have done so much repenting <laughs> of walking in it, so much rebuking, but I still wasn't free. And, and the ridiculous thing is I could see how irrational it all is. I can see it. I know it's irrational. But even though I could see that, even though I could see the demonic attack, even though I could kind of see the lie coming in and landing, there's always that what if. What if this time this is really something serious? What if that... Do you ever ask yourself those little, well, what if questions? There's people nodding. I've even got a hand up. <laughs> And, and that's tough, isn't it? Because it's that little seed of doubt. It's so, it's so clearly the enemy, and yet I seem to be unable to defend myself against the what-ifs. And over this last year, it got so much worse, so much worse. As an aside, I want, I don't, I want to say that some of you might think that that's almost to be expected in the middle of a global pandemic. <laughs> but... This is quite bizarre. In March last year, so right at the beginning of COVID, the Lord gave me a promise that he would protect us from COVID. And it was a promise that he spoke right into my heart, right into my heart. And I genuinely haven't gone into fear over COVID. It's not one of the things that trips me up. My husband can vouch for that, for those of you who didn't hear and it, it might sound illogical, but actually, doesn't that just go to show the power of a rhema word into our very being? When we allow that rhema word to bring the depth of revelation. And so none of this has been fear of COVID. Okay. And that's the crazy thing. In spite of being able to hold on to that wonderful and very specific promise, I've been frequently preoccupied and anxious about other many and varied ailments and things. And, and I felt, actually, that this time I needed to go for prayer again. I'd stopped going for prayer because I kind of felt like I was a stuck record. You know, it's like, oh, here we go again. Not just for me, but for whoever was praying for me. And I'm sure nobody felt like that, but I felt like that. And, it, and it's costly to admit our shortcomings to someone else, especially when it's something that's really deep and it's something that you feel really stupid about. And it's, it's very humbling, actually, to ask for help. But, but let me tell you, first of all, that it's a very beautiful thing. And the Holy Spirit loves it when we're vulnerable with one another. He really does. It brings a, a whole new depth of reality to our relationships with each other. And there's no more hiding behind the I'm fine facade. How many of us sometimes say, well, how, how are you? How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Oh, we've said this before, but fine actually stands for fragile, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. 
And so the first thing I want to say is don't allow the fear of other people's reactions or feelings of guilt and shame to stop you asking for help. It's not worth it. I think, I think sometimes we feel so ashamed that we, we even find it hard to admit to the Lord because we feel like we're such a failure when it's a, when it's a persistent thing. Matthew 6 verse 8 says, Your father knows what you need before you ask him. In the message it says, I love this in the message, with a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. So let, let's start there. God knows what we need before we ask him. So let's stop hiding, hiding from him and hiding from one another. The more real we allow ourselves to be, the more vulnerable we allow ourselves to be, the deeper the breakthrough will be. I really believe it's connected. And the reason I asked for that song, Protector, is because, as I said, the lyrics absolutely sum up perfectly the journey that I've been on over the last couple of weeks. And, and it's, I, I kind of struggle to, to find the, the words to articulate the kind of transformation and the shift that has taken place on one level. It's not been overnight and it's not finished, but I want to, to try and kind of give you a bit of an insight into the journey because I really believe it's going to help other people. So if you have what feels like immovable struggles, I just want to encourage you to persevere and to, to really push into the presence of the Lord. We're talking about power in his presence, and there really is power in the presence of God. I've got an echo. <laughs> What's made the difference is actually very simple, and that's what's so lovely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you two bits of revelation that have been given to me over the last couple of weeks that have been so key, and I'll explain them as I go through. The first was a, was a picture of a mature tree with roots going down into the ground, and the sense was that the tree represented me, quite a long way, quite a distance below the surface, the roots of the tree hit this line of concrete. And so they, they just couldn't go down any deeper. They couldn't go down to that, that water of life. I mean, they were going down quite a long way, but they, they hit this barrier. And that, that disturbed me initially because I just, I just couldn't see what the concrete was and I just couldn't discern it or, or, and therefore how to get rid of it. And so I kind of, I wrestled with that for a couple of days. And then the Lord showed me really clearly through some extraordinary circumstances, which I'm not going to go into now, but if you want to find out, come and ask me. But he showed me really clearly who to go and pray with. And so I went and prayed with a couple and they, they listened for me. They, they prayed for me. And the very first thing they, they said was, the Lord is saying that the warfare is done. That was quite exciting. <laughs> that was quite exciting. In fact, more than quite exciting. It was, for me, that was absolutely enormous. Because I've done so much spiritual warfare, so much battle in the heavenlies over this stuff. And when, you, when you're kind of still in it, it feels like it's not working. So 
actually for the Lord to say to me, you've done the warfare, just was, was just, it spoke right to my heart. But the real key, and this is the thing that's, that's unlocked it all, and this is not an unfamiliar verse. 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, I have been trying to do that, but those words hit my heart on a whole new level. In, in other words, breakthrough comes when we make the right choice. We engage our brains. We take every thought captive. That's how we walk in victory. And so when the lie, when the fear comes, so for me, for example, oh, it must be cancer, even if it's a strained muscle. Do you know what I mean? I have a choice in that moment. I can choose to partner with the lie, to embrace the lie, to believe the lie, to agree with the lie, and to then go into the whole, well, what if, what if, what if this time? Or in that moment, I can choose to agree with God and partner with the truth. It's so simple, but it really means that we need to just choose we just have to make the right choice I think I think sometimes the thing is I think sometimes when we pray we're looking for a an instant easy fix you know we go and ask for prayer or we pray and we expect God just to do it to make it happen to do it and it's done and I'm not saying God doesn't do that sometimes he does but actually there are times when we have to play our part by partnering with the Holy Spirit do you see what I mean? It's not just pass, being passive and expecting God just to click his fingers and it all be done. We don't learn like that. We don't grow like that. We have to come into agreement and that requires us to do something, to be active. So the guys that were praying for me gave me this really interesting picture, which kind of helped to understand this. And hopefully it might help to explain it a bit. They, they had a picture of... of me having a conversation with God, just backwards and forwards, standing on a threshing floor. And an old-fashioned threshing floor was where you, you, um, you beat the grain to separate the wheat from the chaff, okay? And in this picture, that had been done. The wheat was separated from the chaff. But this is what I loved about the picture. God came and gave me a broom so I could sweep out the chaff. Do you see what I mean? It's a, that's, that's me doing my bit, coming into agreement with God, playing my part. I've got, I've got work to do at sweeping up the rubbish. So the, the battle's done. The wheat's been separated from the chaff. The hard work, the warfare, that's all finished. It is finished. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. That bit's done. Now I have to do my bit by sweeping out the rubbish, by choosing every single day. I don't just passively wait to get zapped, if you like. That's what being obedient is. Stepping into agreement with God. I have to do my bit. God's done his bit. God's, God's, the, the, the victory is mine. 
but I have to choose to enforce it on a daily basis. Those of you familiar with the, the sort of the pattern of stronghold prayer, this is the final part. This is the fifth R, if you like. This is what, this is what replacing looks like. Replacing the lies with the truth and making a daily choice. A, a really good friend once said to me, it's that fifth R, it's that final step in the, in the process. And he said, that's where the rubber hits the road. <laughs> I really like that. Because without it... We can, we can go on recognising, repenting, renouncing, rebuking, till we're blue in the face. But if we don't actively replace the old ways of thinking with the new ways, we will continue to live in defeat. And I think when, when we've been sort of entrenched in old and wrong ways of thinking for a long time, and the enemy's had an easy access point which for me he really had he doesn't the enemy doesn't suddenly give up on trying to get us to stumble back into old thought patterns that's what i mean about it not being overnight so for me sort of the odd aches and pains that will trigger that kind of what if thought they haven't gone away. <laughs> but what I want to say, and what I've realised, and I mean, I've known this for a long time, but the nature of Satan's attack and his hatred of God's children is such that he's actually able to magnify a physical twinge so that it makes it feel much worse. And one of the things that the Lord has shown me is that actually he can even cause physical pain, physical manifestations. And so one of the words that was, was given to me, that it will probably take a while for this particular fight to be completely over. I guess to have completely swept out the threshing floor to use that picture. But every time I recognize an incoming lie, and I have actually described it as I haven't, I've gone, incoming, I can see it coming in, and I haven't defended against it in the past. But now... I've got a choice because it's, the Lord's made it so clear. I mean, I always have, but this, just, this has just been another reamer word. This has just been such revelation to me. And so when that lie comes in, we've got a choice in the moment, absolutely in the moment. Am I going to agree with the lie and spiral back into fear and old ways of thinking? Or am I going to take that thought captive to Jesus? And choose to agree with him and his truth, regardless of how I'm feeling physically. Do you see what I mean? In the past, if I haven't felt better physically, I thought it's not worked. I'm no better. But actually, that bit's irrelevant. And for me, that's, that's the learning process. It's going to be different for all of us. We're all going to have different things where, where our struggles are persistent. But I do know that the more... I come into agreement with God, the more I bring those thoughts captive, there will come a point where that, the intensity of the battle will diminish over time to the point where it's eventually won once and for all. And in that process, what we're actually doing is creating new habits. And I think that's really key. We need to create new habits where something's been persistent 
And I, I had struggled with those old ways of thinking for so long, for so many years, that I think I had come to the point this year where I'd finally, dare I say it, given up hope of ever having breakthrough. It was such a deep-rooted, long-standing thing. And yet, when it comes down to it, it's so simple. That's why I asked for the song. I've got the words here. Do you know, this, this song, I was, the day after I prayed with these friends, I was out quite early in the morning. I took the dog out, and I was having a lovely walk, and I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to choose to put some worship on. So I'd got Spotify on my phone, and I just randomly selected a worship playlist, and this song came on. I had never heard it before in my life. And as I listened to the words, I mean, honestly, anyone looking at me would have thought something terrible was going on, because I had tears streaming down my face. Because the first verse is, I come out of agreement with the lie that you've left me on my own. I come out of agreement with the worry and the fear I've come to know. No, they won't have a hold on me. I mean, God was getting the message across quite clearly. I was just blown away that he was so kind that this song would come up when I chose to listen to some worship. And then it went on. I come into agreement with the truth that you are who you say you are. I can trust your heart. I come into agreement with what heaven has declared over my life because I know that you fight for me. I mean, I cannot put words to how blown away I was when this started playing. I was just, I've played it over and over again the last couple of weeks because it's so profound and yet so simple. And it, it so reinforced the revelation from the day before. It, it just kind of was like God going, are you getting this? <laughs> are you listening? I've done it. And what is so beautiful is that the more I've chosen to worship as I've spent time in God's presence, and this is what is utterly extraordinary. So I'm just going to go back. You remember the picture of the concrete block blocking the tree roots? As I've worshipped, that concrete's dissolved. I've watched it go. I have watched it go. Choosing to worship is a huge part of this. It is so, so vital every single day. And the, the concrete wasn't some impenetrable barrier. It was, a, it was a picture of my perception of what was there. Can you see that? It wasn't, it had no substance. I mean, it's quite interesting that concrete is a, is a man-made thing anyway. And the reality is that it was removed by partnering with the truth instead of the lie. There's nothing stopping me drinking the water of life. There's nothing stopping my roots going down as deep as they can go. It was the lie that made me think they couldn't go any deeper. And I'm not saying that every day from now on is going to be easy. In fact, it hasn't been. I can tell you that now. But what I am saying is that it's possible, and that's what's changed. I've gone from seeing it as impossible to absolutely possible. And as far as the Lord is concerned, it's a done deal. Because Jesus has done everything to make it so. There's a, there's a difference, isn't there, between something being simple and something being easy. This isn't easy, but it's very, very simple. 
And I know that what I've shared is very personal to me. I get that. God has spoken these words of deep revelation to my heart, and I've got an ongoing, even moment-by-moment choice some days about who and what I agree with and what I allow into my thinking. But there is power for all of us to live in daily victory and daily breakthrough. Whatever our circumstances, whatever your particular problems are, the answer is, is the same when we enter into God's presence. And, and I know because in other areas of life where I've, I've had a battle over something, and I've, I've seen this, I've seen this in my own experience, the more you agree with the truth, eventually the enemy does give up, and that one is just one once and for all. I mean, it is one once and for all, but do you see what I mean? The daily choice becomes so automatic that you get to the point where actually the enemy then gives up because he knows he can't get you on that one. And I've seen that in other areas, so I know that that is true. I used to be absolutely terrified every time I preached a sermon. (laughs) And when I first started speaking, Laurie literally had to kind of wrestle me up to the microphone. Once I started, it was fine. And somebody gave me a prophetic word that actually as I pushed through, that the enemy would give up on that one, and he did. And, and so I've seen it. I know that that is true. John fourteen six. you know this verse. Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever. Forever. <laughs> Matthew twenty eight twenty says, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We're not on our own, you know. We never are. And those verses are, I think sometimes they're verses that we sort of cling to when we're facing difficulties. But actually they are so much more than that. The presence of God, the presence of the almighty creator God for whom nothing is impossible is with you and me. He dwells within us permanently and eternally. And the thing I want to kind of um, say to you guys is that actually that's not just something that we know and acknowledge. It requires a response. If If we just live our lives kind of being content, merely knowing that as a fact, but doing nothing about it, as Bill Johnson says, we will live in mediocrity. We're called, I believe, not just to acknowledge his presence as a fact, but to, to consciously and deliberately steward his presence in our lives every single day. Even if you only have 10 minutes before you head off into the day, before you go out the door to work or whatever, just take that 10 minutes to welcome Jesus into your day. Be- become, choose to become aware of his presence with you, you know, sit with him. Even if it's just 10 minutes going, Lord, thank you that you're with me. I take you with me. I choose to take you with me into every situation. You're kind of setting yourself up for a much better day. <laughs> but that's not why we do it. We do it because, because God longs for us to steward his presence. His intention is for his presence with us to be an experience, not just a fact in our heads. 
I heard somebody say it once that otherwise it's like getting married to someone and living in a different house to your spouse, <laughs> which would be ridiculous. And I sometimes look back and I think, how many days and weeks and months and, I mean, even years, have I kind of taken God's presence for granted? You know, it, it's so familiar that we can take it for granted if we don't consciously take that time, if we don't choose to encounter him. And I think if we're struggling with lies from the enemy and we become so kind of shameful about our, and ashamed of our, our strongholds and our, our struggles and our fears, it, it, it stops us coming to God and we can end up even believing the lie that he's disinterested in our struggles because they're so hard. Do you see what I mean? And it's such a lie. It's, it's as we steward the presence of the Lord that the impossible becomes possible. That's how. As I say, it's, it's very simple, but not easy, because it costs something. God is with us. God is in us. And actually, I believe he wants for us to, to choose to see what he can do in our lives, rather than us showing him what we can do. <laughs> we get it the wrong way around. We're so desperate to show God what we can do that we don't kind of sit back and allow him to show us what he is doing and what he can do. I want to, just before I finish, go into Psalm 23. It's such a familiar psalm. But this is kind of what it's all about, isn't it? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The thing is, when we walk in anxiety and fear, we don't give God a place to rest on us and in us. By contrast, when we steward his presence and we give him a place to rest, that's when we, we can lie down in green pastures. That's when he, rest, he can restore our souls. That's what that verse says. When we give him a place to rest. And when we rest in him. Walking in anxiety is the absolute opposite of that. Because if you're like me, if you're anxious about anything, you're not in a place of rest, are you? You're fretting all the time. Fretting and worried. And I think in that place, we spend 99% of our lives doing and virtually no time at all resting in God. 
10 minutes at breakfast time may not be very much, but it's a jolly good start if, if you're coming from nothing. And I'm sure you all spend time with the Lord. I'm not saying that we don't. Do you know what I mean? It's just actually being aware of his presence and taking him with us. It makes a difference. It, it's just awesome that God has chosen us to host his presence. I mean, just think about that for a minute, the magnitude of that. God has chosen you and me to host his presence. So I want to finish by saying, choose what you're most conscious of. What I mean by that is if you, if you choose to think more about your problems or the enemy's tactics against you, you will be unduly impacted by them. I know because I have been. <laughs> I can only say that because God has shown me that. When we choose to focus on and acknowledge God's presence, our lives and the lives of those around us will be utterly transformed. I'm going to ask Martin just to play that song again. And this time... As the words come up on the screen, and as you, or just close your eyes, the words are really clear. Just make it your prayer. If there's a particular lie that you need to come out of agreement with, make this your prayer. Do it right now. I love the chorus. No weapon, no worry will prosper against me. No darkness, no evil will tease or torment me. And that was what was happening. And it doesn't need to. So choose to believe it. Choose who you're going to agree with. And allow God's Holy Spirit to minister to you now. Amen.